0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Lanes Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to talk to you about our new sponsor that's come on board, Books and Gifts Direct. Books and Gifts Direct is Australia's largest direct seller of books and gifts. They sell their products from lunchrooms and reception desks and are in more than 25,000 workplaces across Australia. Their books and gifts sell up to 70% off recommended retail price and as the leading direct seller of books and gifts across Australia, they have a strong buying power and without the overheads of a shopfront they can afford to pass on significant savings. So guys, you want to have a look more at this website, our new sponsor, make sure you click the link below. It will be in the description box or the comments. But most importantly, let's get into the show. All right, we're back for another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to be doing NBA Power Rankings as it stands on Monday, the 6th of September. I'll talk a little bit more about it. I'm not going to do all 30 teams in one episode. I'm going to break them down into three episodes. So without further ado, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of The Lanes Podcast. All right, we're back for another episode. Just before we get into it, I'm going to be breaking it down. So, I'm going to do three episodes breaking down my NBA power rankings. The first teams I'm going to do is number 30 to 20, and then second episode 20 to 10, and then the rest of that would be 10 to 1 on the third episode. So, just a quick update on the NBA. The date I'm doing this on is obviously Monday the 6th of September. I'm recording this podcast, so the latest big move that's just made is DeAndre Jordan going to the LA Lakers via buyout and a trade from the Detroit Pistons. If you want to check out a little bit more about that episode, just go to the most previous episode on the Lanes podcast right now. You'll be able to look that, and you'll be able to see my opinions on that. It's a pretty interesting take for me, because I actually talk a little bit more about the Rondo move and how that's more effective than the DeAndre Jordan move, and then talking about LA and Brooklyn just as a whole. It's actually a little interesting podcast if you ask me, but... I'm here to talk about the power rankings. So just before we go into it, I actually like talking about teams that aren't as great. Like, you look at it, every every media outlet always talks about the best teams in the comp, and I understand that. Like, there's only a certain amount of teams each year that could possibly have a chance of winning a championship. So obviously, they got to talk about the contenders, but you look at it, you look at a team like Brooklyn, you look at a team like Phoenix, you look at a team like Milwaukee, right? All three of those teams five years ago are all in positions where these dormant teams are now, Right in a rebuilding phase, rebuilding, trying to get better and better, and now you look at them, they're some of the most contending teams in the NBA every every couple of years now. Phoenix is new, but they'll be a contender for many years to come, if you ask me. So now, I actually like talking about these teams, because these teams in probably five years' time will probably be most of the contenders we're talking about in five years' time in the NBA. So, first thing we're going to talk about, 30th ranking for me, and it's it was, it was actually hard to see who's the worst team in the NBA for me, because there's some dormant teams that I just think are terrible, but... If you look at just roster-wise right now, Oklahoma City Thunder coming at 30th for me. They are in a clear and distinct rebuild, and I love it. I actually love what they're doing. I think they're doing a really smart move. They're going for asset and, retent- and retending. retention of assets, sorry. And I really like what they're doing. If you look at their team. the team isn't super, super stacked, but like that's exactly what they want to do. And I think for me, Sam Presley's doing a really good job. I do think that the uh, pick of... Josh Giddy at number six. A lot of people don't realize how good he can be, and I think right now he's not going to set the NBA on fire. Like I don't think people realize he, he's not going to be the best player or the best rookie or the best rookie in this first year in this draft class. Sorry, he's not going to be the best player in this draft class the first year. But I think he can definitely be a serviceable player in the NBA for a long time. Because you look at it, six eight, super long, super tall. Is he's, he's got really good vision, right? He doesn't have a bad three-point shot. It's actually better than what people think. And if you have three things like that, if you're big and play a wing, you're smart, you're able to stay in the NBA for a long time. And I actually like the pick for him. I think it, it to some people, is a reach. But I think Sam Presti's not looking, he doesn't, it's, it's he's not looking at a player that he needs effective impact from, from the get-go. He's looking at the longevity of this rebuild. And you've got to think about it. They're in year two of a rebuild, which I think might take a couple more years. But I do think they're doing it one of the, one of the better ways, it or they're doing it in a better way than most teams are doing a rebuild. Like you look at all these first round picks they got, like I think for me, they're going to hit gold or they're going to strike pretty well on one of them because Sam Presti actually has a really eye, a good eye for talent. Like you look at most of these draft picks he's done, he drafted KD at number two, which is obvious, but he drafted Russell Westbrook, which was a bit of a reach that people thought at the time. He drafted James Harden, which some people thought was a bit of a reach at the time. And they all turned out to be MVPs of this league. So, I do think he's really good at, at initiating and seeing talent. And also, another pick is like Sergio Barker. He actually picked him up really well. A player like Andre Robinson, you know, when all these players were playing for them. Stephen Adams was a serviceable player. All these players that were playing for him when they were trying to contend for a championship. So, if you ask me, I think he's got a really good eye for talent. It's actually funny. It's not shocking to me he took an international player like Giddy because look at where he's come from, his lineage. He's a San Antonio boy before. San Antonio have a knack of taking international players and for me I actually don't mind the pick at all so for me you got to look at the other players but I'm a big fan of Shea Guglas Alexander I think he was I think he's got a couple more years till he can be an all-star I thought he was progressing much more than what I thought but I think this third year here he, he didn't take obviously he didn't really take you know a back seat or he didn't really digress a bit like you look at his, his stats 23.7 points a game 4.7 rebounds a game five assists a game you know, that, that, that's really good. But you look at it, who else is going to score for this team, really? Like, let's let's be honest. Who was going to really score for this team? Like, you look at a player like a Mike Muscala, who was playing... He averaged 9.7 points, 3.8 rebounds, and 0.8 assists. But he was basically a starting centre. You know, so it's, it is interesting, and it's actually fun to see who was actually getting most of the points for this team. Like, you look at a player like Darius Baisley, who I think's got a lot of talent. He had a really good second-year season. I think it's good to see players like him getting a shot, getting an opportunity... I actually like the player of Lou Dort. I think he's a player of the future. Like the build he's got, you know, he's a he's a tough three point three and D player. He plays hard defense. He's able to play multiple positions on that wing. He can usually guard the best player. For me, he's kind of in that mold of a Matisse Tobel type player. I think those players are gonna be really, really big assets in this league to come. But for me, I just see, I see a lot of their team, you know, you, you, you look at their starting five right now. For me, if I if I was building a starting five on this team, I would pick Josh Giddy and Shay Gilgis as my backcourt, Lou Dort as my three-slash-swingman, Darius Bazley as my four, and I would probably say either a Derek Favors or a Mike Sculler at the five. But another player I really like here, and I think if he can take a step up, it can kind of catapult them in a direction that they might not know, I am gonna get his name wrong, but I am I, gonna have a go at it. Alexei Pokashevsky. I think he's a player that's gonna be really, really good. Maybe next year, you got to look at it. He's seven foot, but he's really, really skinny. He's only one hundred and ninety pounds, which is basically nearly ninety kilos. So that's not a lot of weight there. But he's a he's a dead set player that can change a game. Like if he can, if he's able to figure it out and have a, and figure out how he uses his body and go, you know, get get easy baskets. I reckon he can be a real effective player. But for me, just looking at their roster, they're not very great at the moment, but they don't actually have to be. I predict them to be really low in the seeds standings. I think they'll win some games, a bit more games than what people think, but I still think that they're looking to tank, and I think it's the right thing for them. Not just for their club, but I think it's the right way to produce and get stars because you look at it, OKC has never really been a place or a market where free agents want to play even when they had someone like KD, and even when they had someone like a Russell Westbrook there. So for me, number 30, it is the Oklahoma City Thunder. At number 29, I'm going to talk about, and it's another team that's in the Western Conference. They had the second pick this year in the NBA draft, 2021 NBA draft, and that is the Houston Rockets. Now for me, Houston Rockets, they're going to be a really fun team to watch. They're going to be a league pass team for me, definite for sure. They're not an old team at all. They're very young, but I think they actually got some decent assets on their team right now. Like, you look at me, I think a player like Christian Wood's a really smart player. He's, a, he's an asset for me, if you ask me. I actually like the way he plays a lot. they got players like John Wall still, who can still be an asset. I know his contract's pretty average, and he's not, you know, producing at what he used to be. But you got to look at it, he still averaged 20.6 points a game last season. You know, Christian Wood averaged 21 points a game. So they're two, they're two players that at least you know can get your baskets. I really like the player of Jay Sean Tate. He was a rookie last year, but he's not really a rookie, if you ask me. He's played in different leagues in the in the world. He's played overseas in Europe, and he's also played most recently before the NBA in the NBL for the Sydney Kings. And watching him play, off it he was one of our most important players as a Sydney Kings fan or a fan of the NBL. Watching that team play, he was really important for them played a small four man position and he played really, really well. And if you ask me, I think it's a really nice pickup. And it's really good to see players from other leagues have a crack and get a go at playing in the NBA and actually succeeding because he he made all rookie first team and he didn't even get drafted. So that shows you that like you have to take punts sometimes on certain players and international players and just let them have a go. So for me, I really like that. Another player who for me has a lot of potential is Kevin Porter Jr. Now, I know he he wasn't playing a lot of games there. He only played 26 games there. But for me, I actually really liked what he did. I liked that he started in the G League and worked his way up. I think he can be a real star in this league, especially scoring-wise. Now, I don't know if he's going to be a starter in, in this league or a bench player, but I think he's going to be a player that's going to get a lot of points for you. I think he could be a kind of player that fits in the mold of like a Jordan Clarkson-type player. Just instant offense, hard to guard, can get you a bucket at most times. Now, one of their most prized possessions they have right now is Jalen Green. It's very interesting for me. I think Jalen Green fitted and landed in the spot that fits him most. He's going to be able to have kind of, like you say, the, the keys to the kingdom or the keys to the car. He's probably going to be one of the main players on this team. He's a definite scorer. He's probably the best scorer right now in this draft class previously that's just drafted. So I think it's a really good position for him to be in. I would say that John Wall could look to be on the trade market and someone like Eric Gordon would look to be on the trade market because they're just taking up a lot of cap for them. But you look at it, they're not going to be a good team this year. So the cap doesn't really mean anything. It's kind of irrelevant if you ask me. But I would say someone like Eric Gordon would like to try to contend and win for a championship. Same as John Wall too. So I wouldn't be shocked that they look to go get traded somewhere else. I do think that Houston, though, they're, they're doing the right type of rebuild. They've they've realized that you know young talent assets is what we need right now. I do believe that Christian Wood is in that part where he's not super duper old right he's not old by any means but he's he's about 25 26 right and this is where that this is where he's starting to enter his peak and for me if you're starting to enter your peak you want to be in a team that's Starting to be in that mid level to high level. And I think that he could look to be a trade asset, actually, if you ask me, just by talking about him. Because if he gets to like a really high level and be a sub all star, sell him while he's high. If you're Houston, try to get more assets. And for me, I think that's a smarter move to do. Now, he might not get traded. They might look to say, look, we want to keep him. We want to keep him and, J- and Jalen Green and pair them up for the future. And they can kind of be a big, a guard, big type of combo. But for me, I would say number 29 for them is pretty accurate. So for me, I'm going to move on now. Number 28, it's interesting. I would say right now, the Orlando Magic is the third worst team in the NBA. But for me, I actually like a little bit of the things they're doing. I think they realize that, you know what? What's the point in coming 7, 8, 9, 10 in that range? What's the point in being a team that just wants to be in the play-in for the whole time of our existence? Like, we don't want that, so why don't we just blow it up why don't we try to rebuild and rebuild the right way? Let's not muck around of this rebuild. Let's do it the right way. And I think they started to do that, especially you saw in the trade deadline last season. They traded nearly half, three of their best players, if you ask me. And I think it was the right thing to do, especially if you want to go in a rebuilding type of direction. Now, for me, they have an abundance of guards, especially point guards in Cole Anthony, they have Markel Fultz, who's still coming off injury. They have Michael Carter-Williams still, who's probably a guard right now. And then most notably, they've drafted Jalen Suggs. I do know that they like to play a lot of, you know, those players. And you look at it, RJ Hampton was a point guard coming into this season, and he he, he struggled a bit with the just the fit because he was in a team like Denver, and usually a player like him would go to a team that where. To where he can get actually minutes and play, and I think he's in a right position now, RJ, to be playing in a team that's rebuilding. But if you ask me, I don't think that they're going to keep all of those point guards. I think you can flip one of them for maybe a for maybe a, a strong power forward or a four man, depending on who you play. Like you look at their starting lineup now. If, if if I was if I was the coach of this team, if I was Steve Clifford and I was looking to not Steve Clifford, sorry, uh, I forget who their coaches off the top of my head. But yeah, anyway, you, you, you get the point. If I was the starting five of the Orlando Magic, I would start, at the moment, I would start Colt Anthony, just based on the fact that I know what I'm going to get for him. He's a threat on the floor on the offensive end. He might not be the greatest for you know scoring and this and that, but I still don't mind him right now. I wouldn't start someone like a Mark foots because he's still coming off injury. Jalen Suggs would be very tempting to start, don't get me wrong. But... You know, you look at it. You could probably start him at the two man position, and that's probably what I would do. I'd probably start Jalen Suggs at two. So it doesn't really matter to me who you who'd have been bring, bringing the ball up. You can have a Jalen Suggs, you have a Cole Anthony. Sometimes Cole Anthony can get into that mode where he's just a scorer. So for me, that's not too bad there. It also take a three man, a swing man, a wing. It's very interesting because I could go someone like a Jonathan Isaac, and I know that what I'll get from him is, him is elite defense. But then I could say I can push him to the four-man position and maybe play a player like Terrence Ross. Now, if I was coaching, I would probably do that. I'd start Terrence Ross at the three, and then Jonathan Isaac at the four. And then at the five-man position, I would start a player like Wendell Carter Jr. Now, they do still have Mo Bumba there, who I don't know how long he has in Orlando. I think his time is a little bit overdue, if you ask me, in Orlando. I think a change of scenery would be good for him. I think that they thought that he could have been a real asset to this team but it was interesting why why draft a player that's in the position of your best player back then and that was Nikola Vucevic he was their best player by far so why draft a player in his position it didn't really make sense and you look back at that draft they could have had another player that probably would have been more serviceable for them at that time but in saying that, they got a lot of moving parts. I do think they'll be interesting. I do think they'll be fun. You know, watching them in the Summer League, I actually liked and enjoyed to watch them. I liked watching Jalen Suggs play with Cole Anthony and RJ. I thought that was a real young, vibrant excitement. And I think if you're an Orlando fan, it look, you're not going to be great. You're not going to be great, and that's fine. I could be wrong, but I, I doubt it, because they don't really have a lot of veteran presence there too, and you, you need to have a little bit of veteran presence to be a good team. But for me, I would say right now, they're they're in the right direction, I definitely think they're in the right direction, they do probably have to trade one of those guards, I don't think you can start all those guards at the same time, but I would say right now, they're in a right direction, they're in a better direction than what they were three months ago, six months ago, now we're going to talk about the 2017 for me, and that is the Sacramento Kings, as we all know, I'm not high on Sacramento at all, I don't like the direction they're heading in, they're another team that's they they say they're real bidding, and, and this year will be a year. Every year, no, you, you, it's false. It's bullshit for me. I don't I don't like it. They're not that good, and I get they're in a rebuilding phase. But you got if you're in a rebuilding phase and no one wants to come to your team, that is a true statement. Who the hell wants to say I want to go play in Sacramento, mate? No one. I reckon one player like Tristan Thompson got drafted to Sacramento. He'd be thinking. Out of all places, Sacramento. That's where i got to go play basketball. Like, geez, you'd be be really thinking hard about asking for a trade or just buy me out and I'll go play somewhere else. But you look at their team, they actually don't have bad players. They actually have some decent players on this team. And that's the most troubling part for me. They could be good, but I don't think they are. And they're starting five. If you ask me, I would be going Darren Fox, Tyree Talliburton. I'd be starting youth youth is where you need to go. Then you'd obviously have Marvin Bagley at the four or the 5 member position. i would probably start him at the four with Rashawn Holmes at the five and someone like a Harrison Barnes at the three. It's not a bad starting five. Don't get me wrong. It's not a bad starting five, but it's not beating more teams than it's losing to. I absolutely agree on that statement. I think someone like a Buddy Hield, getting him out of there, getting him out of Sacramento, doesn't need to be there. Doesn't get along with Luke Walton. I guarantee he will get traded this season. Not a question for me. I also guarantee Marvin Bagley will get traded unless he goes on a tear to start and we really see the potential of what people thought. But yeah, I'm not a big fan on this team. Davion Mitchell, in one of the previous podcasts, I said he was a wing. I was false. I got pulled up by one of my fans. You know who you are. He's a point guard. Now, I like the pick. He's a good player. But you have De'Aaron Fox. Why do you need another point guard? Please tell me that. Why do you need another point guard? You know, the previous year, you drafted a player like Kyle Guy. He's six foot one. He's a point guard. You know, like you got all these point guards. You can't play them all. Now, one player I actually didn't mind watching, but I think he's got a bit of a temper problem at the moment just by just by watching, it, and, and I could be wrong, and that's Jamezi Metu. I actually watched him in the Olympics. He actually was going pretty well, but I just don't know at the moment what he's going to fit like. But for me, I don't like... I don't like the build of this Sacramento team. They've got someone like Harrison Barnes who can go be serviceable somewhere else, Buddy Hills who can go be serviceable somewhere else. To me, they're kind of like the West Tigers of the NRL equivalent. A lot of people expect them to take that jump, but if you don't have a good roster, you're not going to be that good, full stop. You just can't be. Don't expect, don't expect, you know, I'm trying to find an analogy here on the tip of my tongue, but don't expect to be a Don't expect to be an athlete when all you're eating is McDonald's. Don't expect to be getting the the most peak performance out of a team. Like, for me, they're not going to be good. Just do something. Do something. If you're going to blow it up, blow it up. Or if you're going to go in, go in. Like, why don't they look to go get Ben Simmons? Go get him. Like, Marvin Bagley, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald. Throw Philadelphia those players for Ben Simmons. At least now you'll have some player of some importance you know Him and Darren Fox, you may push Darren Fox to a two or just do something for, for God, for goodness sakes. So for me, I, I I don't like talking about them. They get me annoyed, as you can see. For me, number 27 is the Sacramento Kings. Number 26 we're going to talk about here, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Another team that's a bit interesting for me, I'm not too sure what they're doing. Like, And, and the way I say that, this league is going small. They're going big with all these people they've got. Now, for me... A lot of people don't understand, do not understand when Kevin Love said he doesn't want to get a buyout. That's because he wants to get the money he's still off, he's still entitled to by signing that contract. So he doesn't care if he's playing in Cleveland at the moment. He still wants to get the money. I think when time goes on, he's going to be like, you know what, get me out of here. I want to go play. I'm still, I'm still a good. You know, if you're a player, you still think you're a good player and you can be serviceable somewhere else. And if I'm him, look to request a trade ASAP if you're me. Now, that way, if you're Cleveland, now you can play the young guys you've got. Now, you've got a really good player that you just drafted in Evan Mobley. A lot of people are high on him. One of the people I really listen to a lot in Bill Simmons, he is super-duper high on him. He thinks that he might be the best player in this draft. Now, I'm not going to piss in your pocket here. I haven't really watched a lot of Evan Mobley play, but watching him play, he does seem like a little decent player. Excuse me, just had, a, just had a little drink, had, had a little chalky milk. Now, for me, the signing of and trade of Larry marketing it is interesting because you just drafted Evan Mobley and you still have Kevin Love on the books. And then you still got a player like Jared Allen. So for me, I find it interesting. If it was me, I would have just had a crack with Evan Mobley. I think Larry marketing is not going to be a great, great player in this league. I think the peak of him could be a player like Kevin Love. Like he's a player like that. He loves shooting the free ball, maybe a little bit too much for certain people's likings. So for me, I don't really understand the signing there. I don't understand what they're doing too, but in saying that, they don't have to be a good team. Now, they're not very high on Colin Sexton for some reason. And a lot of people I know, one of my good mates, is really high on him. He really likes him a lot. I kind of see why they're not high on him, but like, what do you, what do you, if you're going to trade him, now, you've already come out and said you don't really like him, so you're probably going to get fifty cents on the dollar for him. What do you, what are you going to get for him now? If I if I'm Cleveland, apparently Ben Simmons wants to go to Cleveland, which I find outrageous. That is ludicrous to me. If I'm Cleveland, call Philadelphia. We'll give you Colin Sexton and Kevin Love for Ben Simmons straight up. Now the money would work with, but Kevin Love and. And Ben Simmons and Colin Sexton would be there. You might have to throw in a Tyrese Maxi because, as I reported before, apparently Tyrese Maxi is going to go in the trade with Ben Simmons. Apparently, that is a hot take that has been told. Apparently, because he's with Clutch and this and that. But if that's a trade, I would say that'd be a trade that you could do. If I'm Cleveland, I pull the trigger in a heartbeat. You can get a player like Ben Simmons, who's young, serviceable. He gets along with a player like Darius Garland already. Now you don't have as now you have one less being, and now you get rid of that Colin Sexton headache that you wanted to get rid of. I think it might take a little bit more willing and dealing there, but at least you've got someone like there. The pickup of Ricky Rubio, I don't mind. I don't think it's a bad pickup. I don't think it's a great pickup. He's always going to be a serviceable player wherever he plays. Watching him in the Olympics, he was a dead set gun, which is funny because he only averaged 8.6 points a game playing for Minnesota this year, and he played 68 games. So he played nearly every single game. So that's interesting for me. I thought he would have averaged a little bit more, especially with D'Angelo Russell being out more than what people thought. So for me, Cleveland's another team. They're just treading water for me. I know they're in a rebuild phase, but for me, I'm not a massive fan of them. I think they've got to trade Kevin Love ASAP, especially for their culture. If he doesn't want to be there, trade him off, buy him out, do something. Try if Hey, look, if DeAndre Jordan got traded and that contract was average and Kevin Love can still play, you can trade him. You can definitely trade him. There's no contract I think in the NBA is untradeable because I thought a contract, a trade, sorry, I thought a contract that was untradable. Was John Wall and another one was Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has been traded in the past two seasons. Like, think about that. He's been traded to the Lakers and he's been traded to the to the Wizards. He's been traded twice and he has one of the biggest contracts in the NBA. So any any trades, con- any contract is tradable. So for me, Cleveland. Where I have them, I have them pretty accurate at number 26. Number 25, I'm going to talk about, and I was I was considering putting this team a little bit higher, but I just looked at some of the teams that were in front of them and I just thought that they're, that they're a little bit better and possibly next year that they could be better than most of these teams, some of these teams I'm talking about, and that is the Detroit Pistons. Now, for me, as we all know, I'm big on Detroit Pistons. I'm a high fan of them. You know, if, if you were to ask me who's my favorite team in the NBA, it is still the Golden State Warriors. I love watching them play, but I do still say I am... I go for someone like a Detroit, but for me, Detroit's doing the right thing. I actually like the trade of getting DeAndre Jordan and then buying him out. Not a fan of buying him out, but I'm a fan of getting four second round picks, especially because of Brooklyn. They're actually good. You know, they're actually going to be a really good team. You know, they're going to be really high in my power rankings. But the thing is, their second round picks—if they're all—I'm not too sure on if they're all Brooklyn's second round picks. But if they are. They're actually going to be of high value in the second round because they're going to be a higher range. They're going to be in that 30 to 35 because I'm assuming Brooklyn will be a top five team standing-wise in the regular season. Now, looking at their team, the obvious big acquisition for them is Kelly Olenek. No, I'm just joking. It's actually Mr. Kate Cunningham. That is their big acquisition. They did hit the jackpot there in the draft getting the number one pick. They got the best pick possible, I think that it's a right pick to take. A lot of people are saying Jalen Green would have been a really good fit there because he's a guard wing can score the ball, but I actually think Cade's. I think Cade's the smart pick. It's the safe pick, but I'm a Detroit fan. I'm happy with Cade. I think he's a dead set alpha, and that's something like a team this needs and something like a team Detroit needs. If you don't think he's an alpha, just watch his draft interview after he gets drafted. You know, you have to have a lot of confidence and swagger to be putting on some some sunglasses saying Detroit, unbuffed buffed up. You have to do that. So for me, I actually really like him. You know, you look at their starting five right now, it's Cade. It's a player like Sadiq Bey. It's a player, you know, possibly of Killian Hayes, if you ask me. And then you've got players, well, Killian at the two and then Sadiq at the three. And then you have a player like Jeremy Green at the four, who's been one of the most improved players in the last two years of the NBA. And then your five-man for me would be Isaiah Stewart. That team is young, it's fast, it's vibrant. I think it's going to be a, a, an interesting team to watch. Then you have young players coming off the bench. You know, you still have a little bit of veteran presence, a little bit, not a lot, but I actually really like the signing of Kelly Lanik. I know we paid a little bit too much than what I would like to have paid for him, or if I'm a team would like to have paid for, but you look at it, who are we really paying on this team? It's basically Jeremy Green, and that's it. So you don't mind giving him a little bit of money. I think he's a he's a new age big man. You know, you look at it five years ago. Jalil Okafor, or Kelly Olynyk. who would you say would have a longer and sustainable career? You would definitely say Jalil Okafor. It's just shown you how much times have changed. And speaking to one of my mates at the show, coach, he said, mate, Jalil Okafor, if he was in the NBA 20 years ago, probably a top 10 player in the NBA. Because as we all know, big man's league, Back then, or in the seventies or eighties. So for me, I think that a player like Kelly I is good for them. Will actually make a play like Isaiah Stewart. Maybe learn to play and have a little bit more of that off ball. I mean, um, maybe learn how to play that three three point. Sorry, maybe learn how to shoot a little bit more. Maybe learn how to use his body. Maybe a little bit smarter. I do like. I do like how they're going to start most likely Killian Hayes and. Cade Cunningham. I think this is going to be one of the make or break years for a player like Killian Hayes. You know, he only averaged 6.8 points, 2.7 rebounds, and 5.3 assists. It's interesting because you probably would have thought last year he would have been the keys to the city. He would have had the point guard role. And now they've got a player like Cade. You have to take Cade. You had to, to take Cade for me. So I'm, I think it's a make or break year for someone like Sadiq Bey. I think if he's not going, not Sadiq Bey, Killian Hayes, I don't think, I think if he's not going as good as what Detroit hopes, trade him. Trade him. Trade him while you can, try to get something for him, try to get a first round pick if you can, because you still got a player like Sneak Bay who could play there. You've got a player like Ham Hamadu Hamido Dualo, who could play at that wing position too. One player I'm super high on right now, and I don't know how good he can be, but I reckon this player, Luka Garza, man, I really, really like him a lot. Like I'm I'm selling I'm buying his stock right now if I was a player if I was a if I was put someone in the NBA that you could buy, if, if players had stocks, he's a player that would be cheap as hell, and he's only got room to improve. You know, you put a couple bucks in him, watch him grow. I think he's going to be really, really good. I think he suits this five man position. He's kind of like the body type of Jokic, where he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not fat at all, but he's got a little bit of baby chub a little bit of mudders, mud guts. And I think that it's something that would be interesting. He can shoot the ball. His shot takes a little bit long to shoot, but I like it. Soft touch, you know. And he's a bit smarter than what people actually think. I'm a, I'm a real fan of him. I love that they got him at the 51st pick. Like what he's doing. There was 50 other players NBA GMs fought that are better than him. I get a lot of play. I get you know 25 to 30 players are better than him. But geez, I would have had him going nearly first round if you ask me, just based on what I saw from summer league. So I'm really high on him. Now, Josh Jackson's another player that can know possibly improve. He had a better season than what people anticipated at Detroit, and I really like to see that they were taking a punt on young players, the second-chance players. Frank Jackson's another player in that caliber. You know, he played pretty decent for them. He got his shot, and he got re-signed. So for me, I'm a big fan of Detroit, what they're doing, and right now I have them at number 25. Number 24 we're going to talk about, and I know I'm going off on a tangent on this podcast, but it's really interesting to talk about some of these teams, and that is the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio, for me, I'm really interested to see what they do because they had a really, really different offseason to what they're used to. Like you look at some of those off seasons that they usually have, they usually low key get the players that they want to get, not really trying to, you know, push, pin the, thread the needle in trying to get big assets and big type of players in the NBA. So for me, I actually think it's a it's a it's a welcome change for this team, and I actually like some of the players that they've gotten. You know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of all of the players they've gotten, but some of the players they've gotten is not too bad. You know, fit-wise, someone like a Doug McDermott will definitely fit in this team in San Antonio. You know, he, he if anyone's going to get the most out of him, it's definitely going to be a player like, a, a coach like Greg Popovich, sorry. I think the the punt on Zach Collins is the most interesting signing they did because they paid him two years, $22 million, and I find that super-duper interesting I find that something that's very odd for me, and I'm not too sure why they did that. He's been injury-prone for a long, long time, but credit to Zach Collins. He got paid $11 million a year, and he barely played for a long, long time. I'm a big fan of a player in Keldon Johnson. I think he's a player that can be super, 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 super high in his potential. I think he's a player that he just... He's just come off playing the Olympics, the gold medal, and people might say, oh, why did he play this and that? But at the end of the day, he did his role on that team. He wasn't going to play a heap of minutes. And I actually like what he did for that team. He was a massive energy guy. And I think it only it's only going to help him. But in saying that, they are in the market. I reckon they get Ben Simmons. And I reckon if they want to get Ben Simmons, they could get him. Like, you could go trade a Derek White. You could trade a player. Like, if you ask me, you know, you could possibly go DeJounte Murray. You can just do two of those players. And you and you possibly throw Thaddeus Young in. I, I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be angry if they did that. I would like to see them actually get a Ben Simmons. I reckon he'd be one of the better. That would be one of the better destinations for him. But in saying that, it is interesting. You know, Ben Simmons, he's a, he's a whole other. I could do, you know, I, I just have done a previous podcast on him, but more news is coming out. Skipping training camp, that's going to cost him more than $1.6 million. Like, that's crazy for me. But he's, he's he's a player that I could say fit here. I do think they're going to be better than what people think. Like, you've got to think about it. Greg Popovich gets this team, this team they had last year to ninth, ten position, eleven position. So for me, I think they'll be a better team than what people think, but I don't think they're a great, great team. I think we're really starting to see the rebuild of San Antonio, and it's actually, it's actually a bit different to what people would think because people thought it was going to come much earlier than what it did, and they've been able to last and be relevant in this league for a long, long time. One thing I just want to talk about: Jock Landale from Australia. I think he's going to be much better than what people think. I really like the fact that they've gotten him, and I think he's going to thrive in the NBA. He can possibly be a four five-man position and shoot the ball. He's, he's under, he's sneaky, underrated athleticism, sorry, and I think he's a really nice player to watch. Number 23 for me I'm going to talk about is the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, a lot of people might think, really, New Orleans? New Orleans this low? Yes. For me, absolutely this low. I am going to put this out there. Zion Williamson... Will not be on this team in three years' time. I think it is dead set, easily done. I think New Orleans is a team that, I hate to say it, but I don't think they're going to be good ever. For, for Sorry, not ever. I shouldn't say ever. But I don't think they'll be good for a long, long time. You look at their possible starting five, it is at the point guard, Devontae Graham. And if you ask me who's better, Devontae Graham or Lonzo Ball, pretty obvious choice for me. I'll take Lonzo Ball. I do know that Devonte Graham's probably a better scorer than him but I don't really care. I like all the stuff that Lonzo Ball does for me on and off the court, on and off the ball. So for me, I would say Devonte Graham would start for them. It is a downgrade at the at the at the uh, at just the baseline level. Their wings obviously you would have a player of Brandon Ingram's caliber. And then interesting, I don't know who would be their two man right now if I'm looking at the team. You know, you could possibly start at Thomas Satoransky. Josh Hart could be a player that steps into that position. Nikhil Alexander-Walker could be a player that steps into that position. But that's very interesting. I'm not too sure who would start for them in that two, like that other wing position. Four men, obviously, Zion Williamson. We all know that. And then five men would be Jonas Valanciunas. But just going back to my point, Zion Williamson, I think the writing's on the wall. He's not going to be there for a long, long time. I think it's going to be a definite, definite way of how AD went. I think he might not even. I think it might be more of a fact that he's not even going to sign that max deal that he can possibly get. I thought Luka Doncic was going to be the first player to actually not sign that max contract, but I think at the end of the day, he realizes that he's in a smart organization. He's in a good place. He's going to be a gun anywhere he goes, and he basically got Dallas, you know, to a point where they nearly made the second round, beating Kawhi and Paul George. So I will talk a little bit more about Dallas, obviously, in this podcast. But yeah, I think Brent Zion I Wilson. He's gone, and the day he goes, I think it's Brandon Ingram following him. I think he'll go to, I would say Brandon Ingram could be a real real smoke, a real high chance to go to a team like Charlotte. I know he's from that North Carolina, Carolina area. I think he'd be a really good fit there. You know, you look at the timeline of Gordon Haywood. He might be going into the the decline of his career. And, you know, Brandon Ingram's still a young player. He's still a player that has a lot of upside, if you ask me. You know, he's only 25 right now. 2024 24 this year right now and he's already been an all-star so he can definitely be a player that looks to move on at one williamson moves on but that's my hot take for this player like jackson hayes also he's going to get traded i don't think they're high on him i'm not i am really low on the new orleans pelicans right now and i think that you know a couple of years ago i was pretty high on new orleans i thought you know what they can be a team in, of the future for me i don't rate them as that that highly that more that much anymore now the 24th team for me. No, sorry, the 22nd team for me ranked is the, the Toronto Raptors. Interesting, Toronto Raptors too. I think they're going to be a team that should definitely be in the Ben Simmons suite stakes. I don't know if they will be, and I don't know what Masai Ju is thinking. I definitely think that he would have been, he would have thought of the idea, and he would have entertained the idea of trading first player like Ben Simmons. But it is interesting to see what they're doing. I I, I actually don't mind the team you know, as it stands right now, it's not going to be a gun team. Like, it's not going to be a good team. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. You know, but I think, like, you know, you look at some of their players they've got on the team. You know, if they were building a starting five right now, Fred VanVleet at year one, you'd have a Gary Trent at the two, I'd have an OG Ananubui at, at the three man, Pascal Siakam at the four, and either a Precious Achua or Chris Boucher at the five. It's not a bad five. It's a decent five. It's a five that's basically the same height for a long long time, apart from a player like Fred Van Vliet. I actually like teams like that. I think player like Goran Dragic is not going to play for them. He's come out and said he wanted to get traded before and then he retracted that statement, this and that. I think he's definitely a player on the move, a player that could go to a contending team. I wouldn't be shocked to see him get bored out and he might possibly return to a team like the Heat. I think he loves that culture there and why wouldn't you? It's one of the best cultures in the NBA. But in saying that, I don't, I don't think they're worse than what they are. They're very shallow after you get past those five players. But then you have a Chris Bouget coming off the bench, possibly. I actually like the, the pick of Scotty Barnes. I think he's an interesting piece. It's interesting to see him go over someone like a Jalen Suggs, but I actually don't mind the player. If you look at their eight-man rotation right now, he would be the eighth player. Goran Dragic, if he's still there, you've got to play him, and then you'd have a player like Chris Bouget. So I actually don't mind him. I think they're going to be a team in that, in that mode where they don't want to be just fighting for that playing tournament position. I definitely think that they can fight for that playing tournament, but why would you want to fight for it? If you just if you take a Ben Simmons, at least you know you've got a player that can be a blue chip asset for you. At the end of the day, he's still a gun, you know, so you can actually, you know, look to push yourself and stratify yourself into a higher level. Obviously, it won't be as good because you'll have to give up probably a little bit more assets, but you get the best player in the trade, so you probably win that trade. You know, you could you could give up a player like a Goran Dragic, you can give up a player like a Pascal Siakam or a Fed Vliet. You, know, you can give up those players, and I actually wouldn't mind it. So for me, I would say if I was if I was if I was wanting to see Ben Simmons go to a team, it would be Toronto for me. But at the end of the day, Toronto for me, they're a team that's I think they're destined for trades, a lot, a lot of trades. So right now, I have them at twenty two. Number twenty-one. I'm going to talk about, and that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, I was going to have them a little bit higher, but I just look at all these teams, and they're just not better than any of these. All of these teams right now, they have probably one of the shallowest, uh, sorry, a team that has the least amount of depth on their court on their roster. I'm not a big fan of their roster after those key three players. Like you look at it, they they don't really, they didn't really add a lot of players into this team. You know, they did trade for someone like a Pat Beverly, who I think is actually going to be a better fit for, not basketball-wise on the court, but I think it's going to be really good for those boys off the court. I think that's a really nice pickup. I think it's a smart pickup. You know, but you look at their team, their starting five would be a D'Angelo Russell. You have a player like, oh, who, geez. Geez, it's hard, it's hard to pick you two, but probably a Josh Okogie for me or a, sorry, I'm, I'm, that's actually easier than what I thought. You'd have a player like Malik Beasley, who just spent time in... In the clink, in in jail, he sent he did his time there. That's a crazy story, eh? Him going, him him playing the rest of the season, and having to go to jail. That is nuts. But yeah, you have those wing players. Anthony Edwards obviously would start for you. Carl Towns obviously would start for you. But you look at it, they don't really have a four man right now. If you had to start someone, probably be someone like a Nas Reed. So for me, I don't really like them a lot. They're they're for me a team that's you know they still got they still got three players that could, you know could definitely be all stars in the future for me. So I actually don't mind those three players. Apart from that. There's nothing doing there. Ben Simmons has been in rumors to go there, but what are they going to give up for him? Are they going to give up the D'Angelo Russell? Are they going to give up Anthony Edwards? There's no chance in hell if I'm a team of Philly, if I'm if I'm Minnesota, I am giving up Anthony Edwards. He's a blue, he's a blue chip prospect. He'll probably be an All Star soon, not super soon, but in five years' time, he'll probably be an All Star for me. So for me, I'm I'm interested to see what they do. I think it's very very interesting for me. But yeah, right now I'm at twenty one, number twenty for me. It's interesting. It's very, very interesting here because I could have had a lot different, a lot of different teams here, but right now I'll go with the Washington Wizards. Now, a lot of people, in particular, don't don't like what they did. You know, they look like they're kind of treading water, and that's absolutely what they're doing. If you ask me, they're trying to be relevant, and the thing is, when you try to be relevant, you're not. It's kind of like when you're trying to be cool or you're trying to be something you're not, you end up being the opposite. You don't, you don't, you're not trying to be that. It's like trying. It's like someone trying to be, you know, like, it's like someone putting lifts in their shoes when they're six foot and they're, when they're 5'10 and they want to be six foot. Like one of my good mates, Marcus Duffy, thinks he's six foot. Like he dead set thinks he is six foot in his brain and he is absolutely no taller than 5'10. It is a fact and that is the definition of a person trying to do something more than not. They're trying to be a little bit more than what they are. So for me, I'm interested to see what they do. Bradley Beal's not going to play for them for a long, long time. you got to trade him. Do the right thing. Do the right thing, Washington. Trade him to somewhere where he wants to go. He's been dying and putting all his blood, sweat, and tears into this team. So for me, trade him. Trade him somewhere where he wants to go. It's interesting right now. If there was a market for Bradley Beal, I don't know where he'd go. For me, I'd have him. Obviously, destination would be a team like Dallas. I think you could really go after him. Dallas would have to give up nearly all of their picks, and I don't think they'd give. A, I don't really think they'd care to do that. But for me, you look at the team like a Washington starting five. You'd have a Spencer Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal. You'd have at the five position at, at the three man position. Sorry, either a Denny Avida, Denny Avita, or a player like. Well, it's interesting. It'd probably be Denny Avi, Denny Advia Avita. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting that wrong. I know that four man positions interesting would you have a davis Batanz? would you have a would you have a Kyle kuzma would you have someone like that or would you have five and then the five man positions interesting too their best five if you ask me is probably still trip harrell but he is usually coming off the bench sorry four man for me that's I'm completely wrong it's ruehach Hachimura. sorry he would be the four man for me obviously i have mixed that up but the five man for me it would be probably you know it, i reckon they'll start I reckon they'll start Thomas Bryant and bring Montrose off the bench. But for me, it's a team that's in a weird, weird direction right now. I'm not a fan. I think they think they're going to do what, like, Indiana did a couple years ago and just get a lot of veterans, a lot of people that have points to prove. Like, I think Montrose, Harold Coles, Kuzma, and Spencer Dinwiddie all have points to prove, saying that they're still relevant in this league. I know Spencer Dinwiddie is a bit different where he's come off injury. But, you know, I don't like – I'm not a massive, massive fan of this team. I just don't know what their direction is. They've got a heap of, they've got a heap of beaks, a heap of beaks. Like you got, De, you got Davis Bertans, Daniel Gafford, Thomas Bryant, Ru Hachimura Montrez Harrell, you know, that's Cole Kuzma, you know, that's at least six key players that's got looking to fill four spots, you know, in the rotation. You can't play them all. So for me, I'd look, I reckon they look to be training. I reckon they'd definitely trade a player like Daniel Gafford or Davis Bertans or someone like Montrez Harrell, I think. Someone like a Montrose might be a rental here, especially, and also Cardwell Pope. I think that clutch is going to get them the hell out of there. The only reason they did it is because LeBron wanted Russell Westbrook to come play with him. And at the end of the day, if you can get the better player and the better fit of what you think, go do it 100%. But for me, I could have had them lower. I could have had them higher. But I think right now, number 21 for me is the right, number 20, sorry, is the right position for me. Now, guys, that is the one-third of the NBA power rankings, I know it's a bit longer than what I usually do, but I was actually re- I actually had a really really fun time doing this. I actually like talking about teams that no one talks about because it just shows it shows to you listeners that I actually care about the NBA and care about you know putting every team in here. And I think it's actually something that's you know should be more prevalent in podcasts and media aspects and media outlets. So for me, guys, that is one third done. I'm going to do part two of this mba power rankings i'll get that out to you at the latest by this week but guys i do appreciate you guys for listening thank you make sure you like share and subscribe sorry make sure you like share and subscribe hit that thumbs up on anything you've got make sure you hit us on instagram we are pushing that super super hard now I'm trying to get that pushing but you'll hear all about that later obviously links in the descriptions and stuff like that but guys thank you for listening Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe, all the content. Hit us up on Instagram, at Lanes Media underscore. That's all under capitalized letters. The link will be down below in the description. Thanks for listening, guys. Again, take care. Have a great day. Peace.